believe that God is going to bless the hearing of His Word this morning. Can I get an amen? Amen. You can say amen in this church, just in case you're wondering. That, or yeah, yeah, or say it, or truth. These are just options. These are just, you can choose. I'm going to say it. All right. Acts chapter 16, I'm kind of using a jazz approach to my title today, calling it Psalms. So, Paul and Silas have gotten into a little bit of trouble. Paul and Silas have gotten into a little bit of trouble uh, because they're speaking the truth about Jesus and um, bringing about healing to people which included freedom from demonic influence. Um, we do believe in demonic influence, not that we're for it, but we believe that it does exist. Yeah, let's just be clear about that. We believe that it is a reality. So they have spoken life into a young lady who was demon-possessed, who was a fortune teller, and she was freed from this demonic influence in her life and therefore no longer had this fortune-telling ability and her owners were upset. They were angry at their loss of money, their loss of an asset, if you will, right? And so Paul and Silas were thrown into jail. Let's pick up Acts chapter 16, verse, um, <clears throat> oh, let's say 22. Let's pick up verse 22. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten, and they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, Stop! Don't kill yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. Even at that hour of night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds Then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. He brought them into his house and set a meal before them, and he and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. Come on, somebody say, Amen. Amen. Now, that's like, wow moment. Whoa, crazy, crazy. What God did in this situation. Now, there are multiple truths and principles that we can lift out of this text, but I want to focus on one, and again, just kind of in a jazz sense, I'm going to use the title Psalms. Psalms. You know, Psalms, in the word Psalms, means praises. 
praise. I mean, to exclaim that something is good. That's, that's what Psalms means. That's good. That's a praise. Right? Can I get a... Right? Thank you. My name is Ben and I love coffee. That's a praise. It could be a... Mmm, good. Or it could be, whoa, that's good. Or it could... That's a praise. Are you with me? Right? That's a praise. So, one of the Psalms that... Paul and Silas would have been familiar with that Jesus would have prayed and sung is Psalm 96, verses 1 and 2 say this, Sing a new song to the Lord. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord. Praise His name. Each day proclaim the good news that He saves. Now, we need to be clear that the context of what we're talking about here is saying that God is good in part because He saves us. Right? It's Psalm 96, a new song, because he saves. So the context of this is so important, it comes back to Jesus. Right? The Son of God, the living truth, the essential part of God's redemptive narrative. That from the garden, when Adam and Eve sinned, God has been set out to redeem us. To make a way for us to be in relationship with Him. That our guilt could be removed. That our relationship could be restored. That is the good news. The gospel truth of Jesus. And so the context of our praises. And if you feel motivated to stand, to shout, to sing, to praise, to speak that God is good. The context of that is the gospel good news that Jesus has made a way. The champion. Come on, somebody. Somebody give me a say it. Yeah, yeah, right? The truth That Jesus has made a way. The champion of our faith. The initiator. The one, the initiator and the fulfiller of my faith. The one, he who began a good work in you would be faithful to complete it. Who is thankful today that it is not all up to you? This is why Paul writes, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 17. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Can I get an amen? Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves. Three different categories there. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeshua, Yamashiach, Jesus, the Messiah, is the words that, that Paul writes there. The one who has saved you. The one has that made a way for you to be forgiven of your sins. Now, you notice that in the text, we don't have anywhere written that Paul or Silas were good vocalists. Probably like me, definitely not a soloist, their coach said. (laughs) Right? Yeah, you can keep that in the shower. (laughs) We don't get any hint that they were musically inclined, that they were a soloist, that they were going to be on America's Got Talent, right? But because they were redeemed, because they were forgiven, because they were aware of the fact that without Jesus they were on their way to hell, that they, without Jesus they deserved death, that without Jesus they were miserable, they were 
incapable of making themselves happy. Because they were aware of that truth, they were making music in their heart. Where? In prison, y'all. Right? Now, for those of us that do CRI, we're thankful that they let us back out (laughs) when we go in prison. They didn't have that idea. They didn't know how it was going to turn out, right? They're in the deepest, darkest place. And scholars from extra-biblical material believe that when Jesus was locked up in the dungeon the night before his crucifixion, that he sang Psalm 88. The Psalms are a prayer book, and they are a song book, and they are for you as an individual and for us as a group. Oh, Pastor Ben, that's good. That's, that's, that's good. Now, in recent weeks, we've been talking about Jesus, our relationship with Jesus. We've been talking about how in Jesus we are forgiven and healed. Okay, so I'm, I'm jogging your memory is what's happening right now. <laughs> forgiven and healed. That God, through Jesus, has lavished his love on us. And that out of a response to that, we can help because God's love is meant to share. Right? That's what we've been talking about. And if you've missed any of the recent Sundays, thanks to Steve, you can hit cityharborchurch.com and listen to it, stream it on your phone, use your favorite podcast app, and listen to every Sunday talk. So let's talk about some specifics today because I want to get to a really important principle that you may not have been exposed to in the past. So starting off just generic, music is an invisible phenomenon created by visible, tangible objects. Physicists classify it as a form of light. The highest goal and purpose of music is to be a vehicle for God to express his greatness, glory, and his love to mankind. It is given to us humans to express appreciation and worship to God. It's just music on the whole. It can be enjoyed in other forms, but its highest form, and and I want to thank the band for being gracious to me as I made some mistakes this morning, that's not necessarily the highest, but the highest form spiritually, what we do in music, is a worship of God, a praising, a declaring the truth that God is good. Yeah? Now, psalmic worship refers to the heartfelt, enthusiastic, expressive worship found throughout the Bible and described in detail in the book of Psalms. David and other psalmists uncovered a wonderful foundational truth. Emotional and physical responses that are a natural part of our human makeup find their highest fulfillment in the worship of Almighty God. They described warm, satisfying, loving, emotional worship involving the total person. Psalmic worship uses the voice, the hands, the instruments, string, wind, percussion, clapping, body posture, bowing, standing, dancing. These nine forms are found in the Psalms. And here's what we see in the Psalms. The mind receives, the heart believes, the will is summoned, a decision making is involved, the emotions are ignited, and the body expresses. The life shows forth Christ. It is not fake or dishonest. It's not religion. It's not manipulation. But instead it is responding to God by choosing to praise God honestly and say, God, I'm not feeling it. 
But because I believe you are good, I choose to sing that you are good. And what you need to do is you need to sing until your heart is changed. And I don't care if you enjoy it or not. This is good for you. So Papa Ben right now, PB sometimes stands for Papa Ben, (laughs) is saying to you that whether you enjoy it or not, it's good for you. That was so good, I'll I'll say it again. (laughs) Whether you enjoy it or not, it's good for you. And I want to tell you something. I'm really not a noble person, a good person, a particularly spiritual person. But the person that you know today is only possible because in my darkest days of my life, in years of my life where I could not see, where I could not feel anything other than pain, where I did not expect anything but bad from any given day, I got down on my face in the carpet, sometimes outside, sometimes in a street in the asphalt. I got down on my face and I sang out my heart to God. That's a part of my journey. Sometimes I came up scraped, bloody, lots of tears. But the person that you know today is only possible because of that. That brought a transformation and it carries, I don't rest on the weight of those experiences, but yet now, every day, I'm getting in the Lord's presence. I'm singing of His goodness. And let me tell you something, if I didn't maintain this as a practice, I would be a lot grouchier than you know. (laughs) Say it, well, what? Amen, right? I would be. I would be grouchier. There would be more depression, more anxiety. There are recovery principles that are true, And this is one of them. Sing until your heart is changed. God's not afraid of your honesty. Just tell him. God, I'm upset that this is going on. It's in the Psalms. There are equivalent curse words in the scripture. God's not afraid of your vocabulary. Now, as we grow and mature, the vocabulary should be refined. But get it up out of your system and then declare his goodness. It's good for you. Weekend worship convened to serve and please God with our praises and to serve and meet people's needs with God's sufficiency. When we gather, it is not for a concert or a performance. It is a piece of time intentionally set aside to tune into what God is saying and to respond to Him with our whole hearts. Worship is for God, but it is also for you. Passionate worship allows God's presence to overflow you with His love and healing, lifting you up and filling you afresh. Worship is our recovery, our restoration, our reviving, our redemption, our refreshing. The presence of God is personal, real, and life-changing. A presence of a living God who abides in us and dwells among us. The church must have a passion for His presence and experience it in the corporate gathering as well as carry His presence into our homes, our neighborhoods, and our workplaces. Wholehearted, a wholehearted worshiping church is a church that is filled with God's manifested presence where people's lives are changed. I want to tell you what I'm talking about because 
this is important. Because now with the advent of YouTube and everything else and, and Christian uh, music labels, and we've got some good and bad all mixed up together. Okay? The experience of a concert can be very enjoyable. But that is not what Christian worship is. Right? Observing somebody else who's good at something. Right? Enjoying. Now, there can be innate pleasure that God has given in us to enjoy the creative gifts, but that is not a worship experience. To just have an emotional experience is not the goal. To shake and quake, to jump and shout, to... You know that there, church can become a pattern and a ritual where your heart is not in it, where you're not truly experiencing the worship of God. And it could be where people are running and jumping and shouting and prophesying and all this stuff. There can be just as much ritual where sister so-and-so does the same spiritual run at the same, at the third song every Sunday. And God bless her, she burning some calories. That's great. And I'm, I'm not against, and let me be clear, if, if it's, not distracting the whole group from having a worship experience, I'm not against running. I'm not against dancing. I'm not against having an experience. But the experience is not the goal. Coming to a concert where you observe somebody else and you feel better because you observe, that's not Christian worship. Right? Christian worship is where each of us in whatever state we are in, engage our spirit and collectively as a group, we're not coming in and saying, I've got to figure it out. You're less than and I'm going to come here to download to you. No, we're coming together saying, I don't have it figured out. I need Jesus and we will seek the presence of the living Savior together. We will seek his presence together. That's Christian worship. And with the advent of free resources to tons of music, so much good songwriting that is being done right now, so much in the way of good quality Christian worship that is being done right now, what can happen is that we can miss the giver in enjoying the gift. And 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 here's what I want, I'm explaining to you something that we are going to exercise our spiritual muscles in in the coming weeks. And from my heritage, from my circle of churches, we call this a sacrifice of praise. And what that means is that you make a decision of your will to engage your body and let your spirit control your flesh. I said to myself, self, right? Let your spirit, your regenerated person, right? Your new man, your new woman, control your flesh And say, in whatever state I'm in today, this is what I believe of God. And I will sing because it is the right thing to do. It is my reasonable response to the salvation that has been made available to me. So we shouldn't need any instruments. And if we play badly at times, which I did a little today. If it's not my style of music, all of those are secondary issues. And so what would be a more accurate biblical response, you know, the Church of Christ is one of the denominations that doesn't believe in instruments, right? So it's all a cappella singing, right? In, in some cases. I think a cappella singing is one way to engage the sacrifice of praise. Now in my circle of churches, we've taken this a little bit farther to actually play a melody different than any song that you have heard. And give you as an individual at the same time as a church an opportunity to sing Psalm 96, sing a new song. Not a song that you have heard before, not a song that you have heard, that you've ever heard on the, on the radio or anywhere else, right? Yeah. 
looking for love. No, not, not, not any other kind of song, but instead to sing your praise, what is meaningful to you about God right here, right now, right? And in a sacrifice of praise, in a free praise moment, there shouldn't need to be any worship, but it is an exercise of the will, and I make a decision that I'm going to praise God because he's worthwhile. Now, one of the advantages of that kind of sacrifice of praise is that you have to be engaged. You have to, this is, you have to exercise your mind. You have to exercise your voice. You have to think about what you've learned about God that is good. And you have to take a step. Now, here's what I have seen that has been a result of that. I have seen miracles of physical healing. I saw one young man who was, had a broken arm and arm was healed. Okay? I saw another young man who'd shot himself in the foot a couple days before. His foot was healed. I saw a, a growth in a young man's throat like this that was gone. I've seen miracles of healing in a setting where nobody was laying hands on them, nobody was praying for them, but just boom, it was healed. Right? Here's what definitely happens. What definitely happens is that you become more aware of the presence of the Lord. And then what we often find is that you are overwhelmed with appreciation. You are overwhelmed with grace. You are overwhelmed with the realization of what God has done for you. And then you do have a whole person experience. A spiritual experience, a mental experience, an emotional experience, and a physical experience. Now remember, the experience is not the goal. Worshiping God is the goal. Are you with me? Welcome, everybody. Okay. Here's what happens. Uh, on your on the paper that I handed out to you this morning, which you're welcome to take home, and on the screen, what we have here is some of the benefits. When you focus on God to praise Him, you become more aware of His presence. Your challenges appear smaller, and you see just how great He is. This is what happens to me when I stand and I face the ocean, there's nobody else around. Just put my face in the ocean and just state the goodness of God, right? Free praise, a sacrifice of praise. Your challenges appear smaller and you see just how great he is. You become more aware of who he is and all that he does. When you start to, the lyrics of the song in your hand and when you see on the screen, we do that and we, we choose as a team, we choose the songs very carefully. And we want songs with lyrics that speak truth. Emotional, sure. Passionate, yes. But truth. The truth about what God has done for us, right? You also become more aware of who you are in Him. Old things have passed away, right? The orphans have found their home. All of us have had times where spiritually we're feeling like an orphan, right? Now here's the fruit, here's the byproduct of this. You can say this statement that is on your paper and on the screen. If God is like this, his, if God is like this and he loves me like this, now understand, you're filling the blanks here, that comes from your time of engaging your mind, of studying the scriptures, of looking at the words that you're singing and singing words that are true, right? It's in a whole person experience. If God is like this and loves me like this, now watch this now. Then no difficulty can arise without eventual good 
coming out of the chaos. Come on, somebody. Say it. Say it. Then no difficulty can arise without eventual good coming out of the chaos. My trust is in Jesus and His love for me as His own. So I can say, so I can pray, so I can sing, God, in whatever state I am in, I choose to worship you because you are always good, because your love for me is faithful, is patient, and is kind. Now, Papa Ben, how does this work? I'm so glad you asked. This is a safe place to experience that. And your private space is safe to do. Now, I don't think that driving is always the best time to do this. So drive safely. But at home and private, walking around, walk in a park. Right? Get out in nature. Or be in your home. But definitely here, this is a safe place to do this. Right? So, how does this work? I've got to engage. I've got to make a decision. I've got to engage my whole person. So it can be, it can be something like this. Lord, you are good. You've been so good to me. Your love for me is faithful. Your love for me has been patient. Your love for me is kind. God, you are good. Lord, you're good today. Even when I don't understand, even when I don't know what's going on, even when I can't make sense of it. Lord, you are good. You are good. Jesus. Jesus. You never leave. Never walk away, you never abandon me, my Jesus. God, when I'm hurt, God, when I'm lonely, God, when I'm disappointed, your love is the same. Your love remains. You are faithful. You are patient. You are kind. You are kind. You, you can take whatever words of truth about God 
And you can sing them. You make a decision of your will to make a sacrifice of praise. And that, that just now, that's not practice. That's not prepared. That's spontaneous. Partially using the words that we were just talking about. This is good for you. And this is something that we are going to do together in our worship services. I'm going to give you an opportunity to try it, to experiment. Because it's good for you. Because in those moments you can become aware that God is real, that God is alive, that God does love you, that God has been faithful. That sometimes the things that are in the front of your mind can fade away. Sometimes you, when you lift God up, you see that your challenge is not actually as big as you thought it was. So part of the byproduct of this. So Daniel asked me this morning how I feel about experimenting. I don't know. Good, I think. So, in these closing few minutes, we're going to experiment with this. We're going to give you an opportunity 